facing challenges, to remember that God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Good morning. If you're ready to say yes to spirit, you are in the right place. And if not, then maybe this will be the place at the end of the hour. You'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, now I'm ready. Now I'm ready. That's happened to me. I've started out kind of like, no, not so much, not today. (laughs) So we welcome you to Say Yes to Spirit. I'm Tracy. And I'm Leslie. And if this is your first time joining us, then um, just know that every week we get together and have a spiritually grounded conversation. (laughs) Or a conversation (laughs) that leads us to be spiritually grounded by the end of it. That's right, that's right. On all kinds of themes. So each week we pick a theme and we just explore what does saying yes to spirit have to do with that theme or how can saying yes to spirit support us as we deal with that theme in our lives And we are right now in a series, starting a series today, a four-week series on relationships. Oh, and uh, we decided, you know, back in, in February, it's easy to talk about love, and when we say the word relationships, people kind of assume we're talking about love relationships. Yes, partners. Now, of course, we have a bias that all relationships <laughs> are about love. Oh, okay, right, right, sorry. But in, you know, common uh-huh. interpretation, uh, love, sexual, primary soulmate relationships are what people think of. And, you know, there are all kinds of other relationships that we have. They don't get their their due time. They don't get their due attention. Yeah, so we're going to do a series, a connected series of shows on relationships, beginning this week with family relationships. We have to start with that one. Well... (laughs) We did not have to start with that one, but now that we have said that's what we're doing, we are starting with family relationships. Um, So that's what we're going to be, that's what's up for today. That's what we'll be talking about today. Um, And before we get into that, let's see if there are any connections between last week's theme, which was vulnerability. Uh, Let's do our... Habitual? No, that's not the word. Oh, oh that's, that's not so the wrong. No, well, no. Habitual, that makes it sound That's a like, habit. Well, that just sounds negative. Doesn't it? Okay, how about our ritual? Our ritual, I like that. Our ritual yeah. of connecting the dots <laughs> between uh, our previous show and today's show. So, Leslie... <laughs> She's making fun of those of you who don't listen all the time. That is my thing. I like I like the consistency of taking last week's show and kind of seeing if there's any connect the dots, connection between that topic and this topic, vulnerability and family relationships. That certainly is just a hotbed of, of connection in terms of, um, you know, many times... A, we sometimes feel the most vulnerable and the safest with our family relationships, and then other times we spend a lot of effort not being vulnerable. Our family of origin um, are not safe, and we can't be vulnerable, and we get bitter and resentful about people that can be vulnerable with their mothers and fathers and those of us who can't. Did that sound too personal? Did that sound a little something? Did I feel this? No, no, I don't want to be that. You don't want to sound like it. I don't want to be that person, right? Right. I don't want to be that person that's bitter that I can't be vulnerable around my mommy. But, um, you know, I do think that that's where 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 we look 
four where we think, oh, I should be able to be vulnerable and safe with my family of origin and that many times we create family of choice because we need to have a safe space to be vulnerable and, and that's a family of choice. Do we get to talk about family of choice as well or do we just have to stick just with biological family today, Tracy? What are what are the parameters of our... Of our I family? have no idea because we're, we won't be getting into family until after <laughs> this break. So stick with us and we'll be back talking about family relationships on Say Yes to Spirit. And it actually is the first in a series where we are doing a series, a connected series on relationships. So we're starting with family. And right before the break, uh-huh. Leslie, you said or I, 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 I needed some, you know, direction. Do I get to talk just about just biological family? And am I going to talk about family of choice, like in three weeks, or do I get to? Family of choice is not a separate topic in this particular series. Ah, okay. And I don't know why you're asking me if you get to talk about something. <laughs> I mean, you know, okay, so if you've not listened oh, to us before. I'm trying to be better at my, you know, staying on topic. There if you go. you've not listened to us before, we choose our topics. And we, you know, sometimes Leslie chooses them, sometimes <laughs> I choose them. But we choose them way in advance. The and think just. Think. I, well, I'm going to the think tank in a minute, but we choose our <laughs> topics way in advance, and we just list them out. So we, it's not so much that we, you know, sit down and say there are these guidelines for this topic. So, yeah, I don't know why you, that even came out of your I mouth. I don't know. We I, make I just, the guidelines up as we talk. I just was trying to figure out if family of choice was a different topic. That was what I was trying to figure out, so... Because I know I have a lot of things to say about family interest. I'm trying to avoid really talking about biological family. That's really the bottom line here. <laughs> I, I do know this. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of other things. Can we have like four-legged families? See, we can talk about that. Okay, I'm. I am on the draw a line. <laughs> Because we only have an hour. I mean, if we had three hours, we could go in all kinds of directions. But we only have, you know, less than an hour. Yes. So, um, so again, this this really came up because the idea that relationships are so critical, and what does saying yes to spirit do in terms of us? Healing relationships that are not working, supporting relationships that are working, growing and defining new relationships. You know, how do we show up, or when the relationship is rocky, does saying yes to spirit help us with that? So, you know, the topic isn't so much about, well, it is about family, but it's not about Dissecting families. Mommy and Daddy. It's about, yeah, what did you learn about saying yes to spirit from your family, and how does that interweave with your family members and you? So, you know, just in, in setting that framework, two things came up for me very vividly, and one of them is growing up, going to church every Sunday, going back to church every Sunday evening mm-hmm. oh. for youth 
education and fellowship and going sometimes during the week you know, for choir rehearsals or meetings, being raised in a church community where my family was known, I was known, and what that taught me about saying yes to spirit. So one thing that came up was, ah. you know, oh, I from my family relationships, I grew up being really clear about the importance of saying yes to spirit. Now, it wasn't worded that way, you know, being obedient to God, understanding the Bible, you know, a lot of lessons like that. But it was the foundation that planted the seed within me that I am connected to God. I am connected to spirit. There is, there is nothing that can separate me from that connection. And then the other piece of, I have a sister, one of my, I have two sisters, and one of them has been ordained clergy for 31 plus years. Wow. And and so I think about in my relationship with her and with my other sister and my brothers when they were both alive, you know, just that question, how is saying yes to spirit, or how does saying yes to spirit affect uh-huh. my relationships with my sisters and my brother and the conversations that we have, especially with the one who's ordained. So, you know, what kinds of places to go with this. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually not surprised that you would immediately go to... Does Mommy, this mean I have to talk is... about all the ways all the ways my relationships with my family members are broken. <sighs> uh, it's like no, no. but that's, if that's where you want to go, we can go there. <laughs> that's the most familiar place. You know, it's interesting because my relationship with my my biological family has shifted in the last year in terms of my need for them, um, and it's been a curious thing because. Financially, in the last year, I've bottomed out, to, to say the least, and my one of my sisters has stepped in and actually taken over my mortgage payments for probably the last six months. And she did this just spontaneously. She came to me and asked me if she could help and um, has continued to do this in just the most unconditionally loving way. And I because of my some childhood trauma, I had kind of disengaged myself from my family emotionally. I still stayed in contact with them. I talked to my mother every day. and You know, it's amazing how one can appear really connected and just not be there at all. But that's another show, isn't it? But So I certainly stayed engaged physically with my family, but emotionally I've never felt connected to my family. And this my desperate need and my sister coming in for no reason. I mean, you know, she's always been, this particular sister has been the closest one I've ever I've felt emotionally to of all my family. But, you know, there was no, there's no precedent set that she would do such a thing. So it's just totally out of her personal, probably spiritual program or her personal commitment to family or commitment to helping, you know, that she did this, it's really shifted my whole feeling about my family. Yeah. And that's a terrible thing that had to be a financial thing, but but it's it's opened me up in a way, my vulnerability, here we go, back to connect the dots, through my financial distress, that vulnerability opened me up to to receiving something that perhaps my family was always willing to give and because I distanced myself, I made that choice to make them not safe or not supportive or not helpful years ago. And so, you know, I continued that story when it had nothing to do with them. Right. And isn't that the way with all relationships? We make up a story based on whatever happened at whatever time. And we believe that. And most of the time we don't we don't talk about it in a concrete way. We just make our choices. We look for evidence that. for that. Yes. <laughs> right. And everything is evidence because it is <laughs> right. 
if it doesn't fit the story we've made up, we say it's an exception. Yeah. And next week, <laughs> the bastard's you know, going to turn back. To right. <laughs> next week, I'll get an example for what I'm looking for. Uh-huh. You know, this. Oh, I don't not need to pay attention to this week's example. Uh, or there's no example set because we don't even put ourselves out there. And I think you're absolutely right. There's a connection to to a previous show that we did on vulnerability to this idea with our family. Uh, we're always vulnerable and at what level are we willing to be vulnerable. So, yeah, that's um, that's a great I was going to say insight, but it's not insight. It's a great observation mm. of how you've shifted. Right. <clears throat> and I would I would venture to say because of what we know about the law of attraction and what we know about universal mind and what we know about how things work, that while your sister may have been motivated by her own inner direction, right. because you did not make a request. Right. At the same time, you would you describe yourself as being in distress yes. and saying, you know, to the universe, I have no other options here. I don't know right. what to do. Okay, spirit, <laughs> make something Good happen. Point. Yes. So you had an, a prayer out there, okay. even though it may not have That's been, please let my sister volunteer to yes. offer, you know, to do this for me. But, you know, here's the universe going or God going, okay, well, Leslie needs help here, and, hmm, look at all these people who could help. Well, look, what about her sister? <laughs> Let's tap her sister in the brain and, you know, in the mind and plan an idea. And, you know, uh-huh. we never know whether we're putting something out there or receiving. I mean, we're both. We're putting things out That's and we're interesting. receiving. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, and 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 that would be um, such an amazing thing to look at. I always think of the pattern of life, and if I could look at it from like a billion miles up in the sky, that it would look like a quilt because it would make sense, all of the different lines and different connections. Yes. And then when I'm living it, it seems either A, disjointed or so happenstance but when I can get a bigger picture, I do believe that there is a pattern. And I love how you say that, that, you know, I put out this need and that, you know, the energy of life itself then goes about tapping someone somewhere and putting that little... And that also causes me to think, well, I need to pay attention when I have those little thoughts because yes. that's, that's not just happenstance. That's by design, you know, the thought says, you know, call Sally Sue. I love that. The pattern of life, the overall pattern of life. You know, in in prayer, and I say this all the time, but in prayer, one of my most favorite phrases is, you know, how grateful I am or that I'm releasing this prayer into the universe but how great usually it's how grateful I am for understanding how the universe works, and I know this prayer has already been answered in divine mind, and already, right now, the universe is reconfiguring every atom, every oh, yeah. cell, every molecule, every relationship, every idea, every thought, every activity, every decision, every person, everything that must be reconfigured or realigned in order for this prayer to be answered in manifest form. You know, and it's like, I word it slightly differently, but I do believe that is what's happening when when we say yes to spirit and that's our pattern in our lives, that prayers, formally or informally spoken, requests and needs, clearly stated, whether that's out of despair, (laughs) you know, but clearly stated are answered, and the way they get answered are things are being reconfigured, people are being put in the right place. And it seems to us like it's just either a miracle or a coincidence. Yes, isn't that interesting? I know I like to try to not allow myself to use those words, a miracle, miracle and coincidence. And coincidence. 
Twelve um, Step programs have a saying that coincidences are God's way of staying anonymous. I always thought yes. that was kind of cute. But um, because I do think that that is the divine pattern. The divine pattern is that everything is laid out, that the path is cleared at the moment that I get to it. Um, and part of my experience with my sister helping me, after she offered to help me, I was sitting out on my porch and I got this clearest, I was just feeling such an overwhelmed sense of gratitude and and feeling like amazed that she just did this at this moment, that what I'm so in need and how could this happen and so in awe of it. And very clearly I got a spirit feeling or a sense saying, you know, I couldn't part the Red Sea till you got to it. Yes. And I like that because I... I think about that a lot. I get, you know, the binoculars out and start looking ahead at all the potential red seas. <laughs> and I'm not, oh, I can't swim across that. There's no way. Oh, my, look at the rapids. Oh, my God. What? You know, I just start living in that fear of that red sea that's, you know, 50 miles away. And, you know, of course, spirit can't do anything about that because I'm not there. You know, and so um, I think that's a real powerful thing for me to remember as well. But that's not anything about family relationships. Look at me going all off, not talking about, see, I want to come back to mommy and daddy. Why is that mommy and daddy? I don't even use those words. I don't even call my parents that. Go ahead. Say something else. <laughs> Do you think of mommy and daddy when you think of family? Well, wait, wait, see that wait, 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 wait. <laughs> now, see, that was classic. <laughs> that was classic. And you are a trained Wait, you are a trained therapist. Oh, don't say that now. That's about the time to bring that up. No, no. Okay, the most screwed up people in the world are trained therapists. You're hyperventilating. You are talking, talking. (laughs) Then you ask a question to deflect the the flow of the conversation. And what do I do? I just take a deep breath. And before I can even take a deep breath and start talking... (laughs) You feel the silence, right? Yes. Okay, so Eva, what that says... Stuart, why are you pointing all that out? Go because ahead. what that says to me yes. Go is ahead. that uh-huh. that is not at all the direction we probably <laughs> You're would have now planned to go if we had a plan. Yes, yes, right. But it's clearly <laughs> the direction we need to go. Mommy and Daddy, Mommy and Daddy. So um, do you think of Mommy and Daddy when you see family? Uh, not really. <laughs> okay, just checking. I mean, I think of when I see family and family relationships, I kind of see the whole family. I don't see my parents right. only. I meet the, the image that flashes through my mind immediately is, and we never had a family picture with my parents and all five of the children together. But it's funny. I see a snapshot in my mind of, like, my biological mother and father and my two brothers, my two sisters, and me. And it just is like a flash as if uh-huh. that was a photograph that I had seen and then I immediately see other people in my family. I see my stepmother, who I was really close to in my mind, and my cousin, who was more like a sister when I was growing up. And it's like um, they just flash through mm. my mind, those images, in like one second. Yes. All of that happens. Um, and, but when I start thinking about family relationships, then I you know, think about individual people, but my parents would not be, are not the ones that come to mind first. That's the primary one. I do think there's something, you know, I, I'm not going to say something. There's, there's a dynamic that occurs when a person, me, okay, let me just say me, I'll go ahead and say that, me, doesn't get married and have kids that then creates a new family snapshot. Right. I think I, I I am stuck in this old family that, you know, I, I'm 50 years old. My father's been dead for 20 years, and my mother's 86. So really, that's not, you know, that's not really anything to do with my day-to-day life now. But that's where my mind gets drawn to. And I think part of that dynamic is that I did not do a traditional 
wedding, and I don't have any two-legged children, so I don't have a, a, a different family portrait. I think you can make up any story you that's want. so interesting, and I like that story. You I think can that's have a good that story. story. I think that's an excellent story, and I think that's the reason. That's that's the, you can, that's the problem. You if I had just been a normal heterosexual girl and gotten married and had kids of my own, none of this would be happening now. I'd be much happier. You can make up any story <laughs> you want. You can believe any story you want, and the answer is oh, yes. I love it. I love it. But as long as our listeners understand that it's your story and you're sticking to it, and they don't have to convince you otherwise, and they can have their own story about what, and what difference does it make what image or picture comes to mind? Although the, what I noticed about um, my story, about your story uh-huh. and my story is anyone who's listened to us for any length of time would probably say, well, of course, the first things that are going to come up to Leslie's mind are the things that she perceives as broken or negative or hard or work. And the first thing, <laughs> the pictures that come up in Tracy's mind are going to be ones that she thinks of as, that she attaches to as positive or healing or... Is that our role? Positive. That's my role? Not role, but, I mean, it happens oh. more often oh. So, oh, so you're the positive, happy one, and I'm the sad, downtrodden one. Is that? Is that? I, I wouldn't say that, but <laughs> but we do have a pattern when we immediately <sighs> our first reaction, not the way we experience the world, uh-huh, yeah. but our first reactions. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. you know your work. Yeah. Everything yeah. is work and hard. discipline and accountability, oh, and it's got to be oh, hard. That's why. And, you know, my thing is work. Yeah, work. <laughs> work doing something you love. And accountability, well, of course, that's just, you know, responsibility, oh. self-responsibility. And so, you know, for me with family relationships, now I have major drama mm. with, with both of my parents. Oh, talk about that. But that's not what, but tell that story. <laughs> but that's Go what, there, make one up. But that's not what comes to mind when I see family relationships. I see the family as a whole, and then I attach to the people who I have good, positive, supporting relationships with. And then after that, I think, huh, isn't that interesting that my mother's not on that list? And here are the reasons why. Oh, yeah, well, that's the way it is. Now let me, you know, I, I will spend my energy on... Yeah, but the reason my relationship with my stepmother was so good is because of A, B, C, and D. Mm. And that's what healed my relationship with my dad. And, mm. you know, it's like... Positive begetting positive. So, yeah. So it's not that I, there's no drama in my life around mommy you, and you daddy. You just focus on it? You just don't want to dive into it and wallow around in it? Not so much? Not so much. And oh, it doesn't gosh. come up. It's not the first thing that comes up. It comes up like number four or five down on the list. So no judgment, See, just that just sounds so dull to me, you know, to be you know, healthy. <laughs> That's why. Stay in the positive. That's so dull. There's no story there. There's no excitement. There's no drama. Well, I've been called mm. dull and boring before by many people. <laughs> and, and I've been like, oh, okay, well, that's your perspective. I, I kind of like my life. So, you know, and, uh, yeah. And, you know, it is an interesting thing. You talked about um, growing up in the church, and, and I grew up in the church. We went to the, a Methodist church, and my parents were charter members of the Methodist church, and so... Every week we went, and I was part of the, I had forgotten that until you said the the youth group. I was a part of the MYF, Methodist Youth Fellowship. And I don't remember having a personal relationship with God till I got to, see, it's all about trauma and drama for me. But I got to a point in my eighth grade year where I was going through some very um, traumatic things. And I was seeing a psychiatrist, and I was possibly, um, going to be hospitalized mm-hmm. and I had a spiritual experience where I turned to God and said I don't trust I don't know what's going on but I trust you and then all these other things start happening in a very positive way so I think it's interesting the foundation of church that my family created I didn't really personalize until I got into 
a crisis. And that kind of comes full circle with what happened in my current life. My family, again, through my crisis, I opened myself up to receive some things. So there's there's something about that family, whatever it is, that, that there's a constant kind of reconnecting or re um, through crisis getting closer to God and through crisis getting closer to family. That's interesting. <laughs> that is almost, you almost said it sincere. Thank you. Almost? Okay, then. Okay, so we're going to take a break and we'll come back and talk about, uh, and that's where we'll start. Does it take crisis to be the catalyst mm. for a closer relationship with family and or with God? Nice. about family relationships and what does that have to do with saying yes to spirit. So I think that is really interesting, Leslie, that this idea, you know, that I'm sure plays out for many people, crisis, a moment of crisis, a decade of crisis, (laughs) you know, something happens Mm -hmm. in your life and you feel you're in crisis and that's a catalyst to reach out. Right. That's a catalyst to reach out to whatever you believe you can trust. And so that does work as your example, you know, being young and reaching out and saying, okay, this is a crisis, I can trust God. You know, God, I can trust you. And I think the same thing does happen a lot with families. A lot of families that are dysfunctional, you know, 95% of the time, you know, or 90% of the time, don't let one family member, you know, some they get fired from their job or they are going through a divorce or something happens and the whole family rallies around them. Right. And you're and you're like, wait a minute, is this the same family you said hated you or you hated them or you were there? And they're like showing up. And, um, you know, and your example is a much milder version of that that you just never would have thought to ask and your sister offers. That's, you know, right? it's like, wow. And it is an interesting, I remember years ago I was going to write a book um I don't have to die to find God or something. The title was going to be around this concept that, you know, we, we have these deathbed conversions to yeah. spirituality or these, you know, when when things get really horrible. And I had such a strong feeling at that time, and this was years ago, that that that, that was so sad that it seemed like the only way we could get to this conscious contact with God was through crisis and my, 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 uh, my, my, I can't even say her name, Oprah. I love Oprah. She'll always talk about, you know, learning through the joy. But that's an opportunity. It is an option. We do have it as an option. And then this last week, I kind of got this concept in meditation about through the design. If I, My philosophy is that we are all Christ incarnate. We're all God expressing. We're all like an ocean drop to the ocean, we're all the exact same DNA to spirit itself. Mm-hmm. 
and that the idea of spirit itself cr created this experience of the human experience to to have a counter experience to to itself. It's like sunlight is only sunlight if there's darkness to have some sort of contrast. And so the concept came, the idea came that through this contrast, through these difficulties, it is the opportunity to be reminded or awakened to who I authentically am. And so um, some of those, some of these challenges that I'm experiencing in my current life are an opportunity to, to awaken to the truth of who I am and it, perhaps it's not the only way, but it certainly is a very direct way. And if I if I if I am committed to that philosophy philosophy or that idea that I am God expressing, then you know I I have to be forced into change of how I how I'm thinking about the situation. It's an opportunity. At all. Yeah, it makes perfect sense, and it's an opportunity to look at things and to think of the, think about them in a different way. But it's not a requirement. No, but if I'm saying yes to spirit, if I'm really living out this philosophy, then you know it would almost become a given. Right. You know, and I think, and I think many times the family we haven't really talked about family of choice, but. You know, I choose to have Tracy Brown. I choose to have uh, a spiritual community around me that, you know, pull me back. I choose to take classes at the Center for Spiritual Living, and that's a huge um, spiritual practice for me that I kind of identified in class last week, that actually taking classes and showing up each week and having the structure and the routine and the discipline of that and the ritual of that is a constant reminder. This show is a spiritual practice to me, to have an hour every week that I know I'm going to sit and have a conversation and get my mind going in the direction of saying yes to spirit to random topics. So all of that is, you know, reaffirms um, what I believe, and then that helps me take, you know, take right orderly direction in my head if I can get my thoughts going. Yeah. Keep them going in one direction, you know, more than 10 minutes. Right. Keep choosing, keep choosing, right. keep choosing. Change your thinking, change your life, you know, change what you're focused on so that it becomes so in alignment that then it manifests what you want to see in your life. You know, I, I think that often our family relationships are the place that much of our growth the seeds for much of our growth are planted. I mean, you know, we when you live with or engage with family in general, these are the people who have known you the longest, mm -hmm. have seen you through ups and downs, have, um, you know, my nephew, one of my nephews got married two weekends ago. And it was funny, I was reflecting on him growing up, mm -hmm. obviously me having known him for his entire life, oh, right. and thinking about who he has become at 36 or 37 years old compared to, you know, what he was like when he was 8 or 10 or 12, and how in some ways he is so the same. And in other ways, like at one point, he for several years, he was so clear he was going to grow up and he wanted to be a chef. Oh. A chef of all things. Mm. And we could never figure out why chef. It wasn't like, you know, there was a lot of gourmet cooking going on. <laughs> they didn't go out to restaurants a lot. Not, You know, have no idea how he got that in his head. And he did not become a chef. He is a musician and poet and Ew. singer and amazing guy, nonetheless. But when he was growing up, he never really talked about the arts. He was oh. involved in the arts. Uh -huh. He, you know, always loved to sing, but not in a kind of way that you would think he wanted to unless he changed his career goal to be an actor and do it full-time, 
you would never think that that would, you know, be what he would choose. And he never really chose that. It chose him. Do you know what I mean? Nice. He was looking for other things. He was doing other things. And he'd play around with music or he'd write poetry. And he loved it. But he never really saw it as a way to, like, be in the world and make a living. And it's like now that's what he does. So our family, you know, what support did he get? And I haven't, I, I'm making up a story about him at, at this point now because I don't know, I believe that some of the support he got when he was young about you can, you know, it's up to you to decide. Oh, he was offered that by it's his mom and dad. It's up to you to decide. And, um, you know, and you are to be a responsible person in the world, but that doesn't mean you have to, like, you know, live by the by the rules of what other people think you should do or mm-hmm. be. And he was really, really very smart, and he still is, and, you know, went away to college for a year and, um, you know, and had just a different experience, but realized he didn't really want to do that. I mean, it's just all along the way, support from his mother, from his, you know, interactions with his brothers and sisters, hopefully support from his aunt, you know, there you go. That, to become who you are supposed to be. Right, authentically. Right, and that that was important. And and you don't always get that from your family. I mean, you like you said, sometimes... You create a family of choice as you become older, right? So that you have those kinds of people around you, um, and sometimes it comes from a teacher or a counselor. But I think in general, our families are the places where those seeds are planted. Either that you can be anything you want to be, or you have to choose whatever the seed is, right? Certainly, it starts there. Yeah, that you you're responsible for yourself, or or you should always depend on someone else to take care of you. I mean, that seed is planted in the family as well. And I think that is why people. That's why I reached out to create a family of choice because you know I had failed so miserably my family, my biological mommy and daddy's idea of what I should be. So um, so then I had to go out and find people that would affirm. what I was doing, right? Right? So what that means is that you had the perfect family for you. Is that what that means? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I was just checking. Um, and and so in this family of choice then became the affirming. The, you know, there, was, there was not much affirming in the biological family growing up. You know, And I think so when I hit college years and, you know, hit my own world, um, I use that word a lot, family of choice. Well, and I, you know, so if I, I was talking about my nephew, but when I think about my growing up, I didn't feel affirmed at all. And by my biological family, not just my parents, my, you know, I felt tolerated. <laughs> that's a big, that's different <laughs> from affirmed. I there you go, Tracy, there you go. I felt um, pushed. To achieve, you know, I felt like, and it, but for me it wasn't, you need to achieve so that you'll be loved. Or it was just the push that achievement mm-hmm. is expected. Getting your education is a requirement. Mm. Um, my church family, you know, that there are people here to, you know, to be your cheerleader. Right. And encourage you to go and do and achieve and be and make us proud. Right. But it was really different. That wasn't I what I didn't get affirmation from that. I got very clear expectation. This is what's expected of you. As an as a black woman growing wow. up in this time, this is what's expected of you. We expect quality and nothing less and you will not be defined by the world outside of you. You will not be defined by what white people think. You will not be defined by what, you know, it's like yeah. you, the goal is achievement. The goal is do good in the world and be a service. 
and regardless of what other people say or do, you know, that's what you're put on earth to do. And it wasn't so much the family approval, it was really, and I think in, I think growing up, in my mind, it really was God as judgment. Oh, wow. You know, your life is between you and God. So I didn't look for affirmation in my family so much, in my family of origin. I didn't look for approval ah. from my family or from even, you know, teachers and stuff. It was more like, okay, this is what you're supposed to do, and, you, you know, you got to get good grades to get an education, so this is what they expect. So your teacher expects you to do this paper by this day. You do the paper. But it wasn't about approval. Oh, see, maybe that's it. You think I should stop now looking for no, mommy's just, approval? Would um, that be helpful? I don't know what would be helpful for you. <laughs> you know, but I think, you know, it, for me it's reminding me that family relationships and saying yes to spirit actually are really very much entwined for me in ways that I don't consciously think about. It sounds like it. that would make sense, yes. Yeah, that I really didn't consciously get that message, but on a subconscious level, it's absolutely there that even though it was, you know, a God of love who was also a God of judgment, a God, you know, there will be pie up in the sky after you die, you know. <laughs> oh, that's uh, a rhyme. Yeah, but... Is that a... Is that something you just made up, or is that a something familiar to you? There'll be pie in the sky after you die. Is it something? Did you just make that up, or is that no, a Baptist I thing? I, well, yeah, I didn't make it up, but I've heard it many <laughs> times growing up. I love it. it uh, Michael Beckwith says it pie a lot now, but a lot of a lot <laughs> of um, Baptists and probably other black churches. I love it. You know, you have that phrasing. I like the food ritual. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I the like streets that. of gold, which isn't, you know. Yes, I've heard black. that. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was separate from me. It was, um, you know, that's where the judgment comes. That's where the approval comes, which even though, you know, I look at it now as God within giving me direction and guidance and there's not a separation between me and God and God is all love. Right. I that seed was planted through not just what my family said, but how my family lived. Yes. So you are of service in the world because you say yes to spirit. I mean, that wasn't the language. But if I were raising kids today, you know, I would be passing on the same behavior. You volunteer in the community. You get involved in things you care about. You, you know, you're the change you want to see in the world. And when I was growing up, it was a combination of church messaging that, civil rights messaging, giving that same message, all of that. Now it would be different things, but we would be in the community and I would be telling my kids or grandkids it's because when you say yes to spirit, you are God's hands in the world. And so you must be of service to people around you. You must be in partnership with people around you. Which takes the judgmental God out of it, so it would be the same except for that little tiny itty-bitty slice of if you don't do it, you don't get pie in the sky. Exactly. Yes, yes, which really kind of makes all the difference in the world, but yes. Yeah, and um, yeah, the behavior would be the same. The intention behind it actually would be the same. It would just be coming from a a slightly different angle. So if you've got a... um, if you've got a circle and there's a goal in the middle of the circle, whether you come to that that center of the circle from the east, the west, the north, or the south, you're still getting to the goal that's in the middle of the circle. Oh, see, yeah, but I'm thinking if the story includes a judgmental God, that 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 that, that changes the circle. Because I'm doing it out of a fear 
an anxiety not to go to hell. I want the pie. Well, I don't care how people <laughs> get there. Because I believe that... He wants you in the circle? Do you, do you, I believe do you that know there's pie everywhere? I believe there's nothing outside the circle. Oh, that's... That there's thing. nothing outside the circle of God. So if there are people who who are motivated by and need fear in order to behave in a way that is respectful and loving, more power to them, that's their vehicle. They're, ah. they're driving you know, their vehicle, and I'm in a different vehicle, and it's getting me to the exact same place. I like that. All different vehicles. Yeah, and what was really, what's really funny is I'm sitting here going, you know, I wanted to say, I wanted to use more than vehicle. I was going to say, you know, if somebody's driving a Chevrolet and somebody's driving a Mercedes and somebody's driving a Cadillac and somebody's driving a, a Prius, you know, that it's all going to the same direction and uh-huh. that all the vehicles get them there. Um, and I can say it that way, but but it's funny because it's like, okay, we have stories about those different vehicles and one's a luxury vehicle. <laughs> I want to be in the Mercedes. And one's a Ford F-150 truck and one's a, you know, and it's like, okay, so we don't want to attach a vehicle to <laughs> any one specific language because I'm not trying to imply that one is better or easier or more luxurious than the other. Um, so family. <laughs> family. Fam- my family relationships growing up taught me a lot about saying yes to spirit in indirect and subtle ways. And I think that affects my family relationships now. And like you, I'm not raising children. I'm not married. I have been married, but I'm not married now and haven't been for a long time, for more than two decades. And so I think you're right that sometimes, many times, we both know people who, if we say family relationships to them, they don't think so much about their family of origin. Right. They think about themselves as a father, mother, grandfather, grandmother, and their children and grandchildren and what they do and say um, in, 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 in that affects the next generation. Right. Um, but I think it's still the same thing, that if we are saying yes to spirit, we're going to show up in ways that are loving Right, and probably that whole family of choice is bigger to me because I don't have two-legged children. Can I not talk about four-legged children still? No. Um, so the, <laughs> I think that's why the concept of, you know, having created a network of friends, you know, that, that have been either in my life for a long time. You know, I have certain friends that have been with me through most of my life, and then I have you know, friends that have recently come into my life that are really powerfully positive. And so I create these this circle of choice um, of a family that is supportive and that, you know, affirms and is affirming and probably does the things that I think of, you know, when I read about family relationships in books, what they're supposed to look like. What are you going to say? <laughs> She's shaking her head. Okay, so our our time is running really low, but this question, so I don't know if we can really, if we have time to truly engage around this, but it just hit me. So when we say yes to spirit in our lives, yes. how does that or does that help us when we experience the inevitable conflicts with family? Because the people you are, whether it's family of choice or family of origin or your family that you're raising, the people you interact with the most, that's where you also have the most opportunity for conflict because you are two different people or six different people living together, sharing your lives together, whether you live in the same house or not. Right. You have a commitment one to the other to 
to grow together. So how does saying yes to spirit or does saying yes to spirit help you navigate the inevitable conflict? Because I, I would say that any family that never has conflicts and disagreements is completely dysfunctional. <laughs> Well, the answer would be yes, saying yes to spirit would certainly help us in those navigation things, and that would be the only way to kind of navigate it healthy in a in a fabulous way. I would think, I would I would assume that saying yes to spirit, having that as the, the forefront, you know, my mind now tries to go there when I feel myself, you know, getting into conflict with someone in my mind, you know, trying to bring myself back to saying yes, to bring myself back to the truth of who I am, um, yeah, absolutely shifts that whole thing. And, I, you know, that, that's one way that as long as one person can kind of be outside of the conflict and be able to say, you know, let's take a breath or however we want to realign with the truth of who we are in those moments, yeah, it would change everything. So maybe that's a good way. We always try to highlight a couple of spiritual practices mm. that we can use. And so, you know, maybe well, the example you just gave really is a spiritual practice in times of conflict, taking a deep breath and reconnecting. You know, so maybe that's a simple, single deep breath, or maybe that's training yourself to do five minutes of meditation. Right, walk around the block or get, you know, have a moment and reconnect with spirit that is always present before you continue to engage in the yelling or the screaming or the judgment, <laughs> um, the conversation when you hear yourself and everything you're saying is critical about someone. Um, obviously, this could apply to any relationship, but when you think about relationships with our family, which tend to be lifelong, yes, are definitely if it's family of choice, decades long. Right. It's not like someone you work with who you can just say, um, okay, you know, I'm leaving my job and so I don't ever have to talk to you again. Right. And now I do affirm that you can have family relationships without screaming and yelling and judging. See, that was me being positive. <laughs> I didn't think that's possible. I don't want to you don't think yelling and I don't think yelling. I'm uh, well. Yeah. Okay. Yelled. I agree with yelled. that. Well, and I'm not you a screamer or a yeller. You can't imagine me doing that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it'd be fun to watch. Uh, yeah, you would love that. Uh, um, kinks. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not a screamer or yeller. But I don't believe you can have relationships, especially family relationships, and never disagree. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Or even close, you're going to have some sort of, you know, just just um, conflict, you know, that's part of that right. human experience. You just want different things mm -hmm. or you view something that happens from a different... My so. story, my story gets involved and I think, I think what's happening is not really what's happening, but, you know, it matches my story. And mm -hmm. saying yes to spirit pulls me out of my story, I think. I think that's another huge benefit of saying yes to spirit is it pulls us away from the story back to the truth of who we are. And that's why we always talk about saying yes to spirit. And our time is really up. That always happens too. <laughs> Almost every week we're like, wait a minute, we're just getting warmed up and now we have to end the show. Um, so um, next week we're going to continue the theme of relationships, and we will talk about work relationships. Ah, so you know, relationships. Should I go find a job between now and then? Um, no, <laughs> I don't have something to talk about. Uh, no, you have plenty to talk <laughs> about. Relationships with people you work with, um, and that could be a job, it could be clients, it could ah. be customers, it could be volunteers who you're working with on ah. volunteer projects, but people who you're in task relationships with, okay. getting things done. Uh, and until then, we encourage you to uh, we encourage you to say yes to spirit in your own life and join us again for the next episode, the next <laughs> show, the next 